Do you have my mom's new book yet? It's High Five Discipline, Positive Parenting for Happy, Healthy, Well-Behaved Kids. You can get your copy anywhere you purchase books. Thanks, guys. You're, You're welcome, welcome, Mom. <laughs> welcome to Kidding Around. I'm your host, Dr. Candace. I'm a pediatrician, wife, and mom, joined by pediatric experts to discuss your kid health concerns. Let's jump right in. Hey everybody, welcome to Kidding Around. I'm Dr. Candice and thank you so much for listening. Uh, my guest and I uh, talked before on the podcast about men- the mental health state of emergency with kids going going on during the pandemic. You know, depression, anxiety, su- suicidal ideations that kids are experiencing. So currently, so many children are dealing with grieving the loss of love loved ones, their parents, their significant caregivers due to deaths from COVID-19. So we are going to discuss grief today and most importantly, how to recognize it, help children cope and thrive despite experiencing such a terrible loss. And you know my guest, she's been on before, as I said, she's like family, it's 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 Miss. Crystal Mullen Johnson, and she is a licensed clinical social worker and the CEO of Strive Counseling Services in Birmingham, Alabama. Thank you so much for coming again to talk about this like important, it's a tough conversation, but important conversation. Crystal, thank you for giving me the time this morning on Saturday during our first like full day of holiday break. It's an honor. Thank you so much, um, Candice, for having me on this morning. This is a very important conversation, and um, I'm excited about um, sharing knowledge with your audience about how to help children cope with grief and parents, you know, making sure that they're aware of where they are, you know, after losing a loved one so they can um, focus on caring for themselves as well. And you're right. It's not just about, um, you know, losing someone to death or from COVID-19. Grief can be from any loss. And so I'm glad you mentioned that. We are going to focus today on our kids because we know I'm a pediatrician. (laughs) You service children. You service everyone. And um, our kids have been going through a lot mentally and emotionally. And now this is an added layer that I think... um, data that was put out in October, over 150,000 kids have lost a primary caregiver. That's tough. And and this yes. is going to show up. And so that's yes. why this is an important conversation. So we all know this is happening. We're equipped to do what we need to do right about it yes. um, and, and help our kids. Okay. Right. Yeah, so you're right. Um, kids have lost um, their, some kids have lost their primary care um, takers and as well as, you know, there have been significant changes in their life, the way they live, the way they connect to their peers. I mean, there has been losses associated with that. Um, and we are still seeing children struggle after being sheltered in place. 
um, and trying to adapt to a new way of living um, and not living in the fear of something bad happening. You know, I hear kids often express um, in therapy, um, there's an expectation that something bad may happen, whether they lose a family member, maybe again, they may return to being um, sheltered in place and have to learn virtually. That was very challenging for many. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That fear is is real, but we have ways to get through that. That is, that is so important. So we're going to jump right in. I guess I want to start off before we dive into grief, just having a discussion that is really, really tough for parents. I've experienced it with my son who's now 13, um, but we all as parents and adults have to be equipped to have this conversation with kids. And that's how to have discussions about death with children, right? There is a right way to do it. And sometimes our best intentions may not be the best outcome for the child. So, you know, in these times of loss for kids, how do we talk to them about this? Absolutely. Well, it is very important um, for parents to recognize what their child Um, is developmentally because that matters. Um, With younger children, um, they need to understand that death is not reversible. I mean, when their loved one dies, that they are not returning. So it's very important for the parent to use appropriate language when they are speaking to their children about death. Um, And I know sometimes using the word death can create anxiety in adults. So therefore we shy away from saying that word. Um, So for example, if you um, have a young child, it's important to mention someone died opposed to um, someone passed away um, or we lost them. Um, He's gone or she's gone. And the reason for that is young children may you know, believe that they may return, that the the, the deceased may return. And you have to realize that children watch cartoons (laughs) and there are characters that died that may return. So they may associate that loved one that, you know, they lost with that cartoon character. So you don't want kids to kind of fill in the gaps, you know? So parents should be very clear um, and state the facts Um, And also be open to, you know, bringing up the topic. It's almost like parents are afraid to, for example, parents are afraid to talk about suicide because they think if they bring it up, their child may think about suicide. Well, likely they have heard about suicide. So, of course, children have heard about death. So it's important to talk to them about death and ask them, how are they doing? What do you need from me? Do you understand what happened? And allow them to ask those questions. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, I think um, it's important for parents to make sure kids understand um, that the death was not their fault. And, you know, as we're talking about laws, um, even if a parents, your parents are going through a divorce, 
kids have to under that's a loss. Like parents should realize that their kids are experiencing a loss when there are changes in their family. So it's important for parents to have that conversation with their child and communicate, you know, the death is not your fault, you know, and explain again, like I mentioned earlier, what happened. And then this is most important and I've experienced this uh, with my son. He's lost someone close to him. And of course, I've lost someone close to me during my childhood years. My mother died. And um, it's important for kids to understand that they are safe. So usually kids may think, you know, they are seeing, you know, dead people, you know, after losing someone significant in their life or their, that person that they um, love so dearly. So it's important for parents to communicate to them, you know, um, you know, here for you, um, you know, however they can make them feel comfortable at night during bedtime. You know, if you need to give them a teddy bear or, you know, spend some time in the bedroom with your child reading a book. I'm just being present for the child. So that's why it's important for parents to be aware when they are in their grieving process so they can be fully present for their children as well. Oh, that's great. All of that was wonderful. Make the child feel safe. Let them know you're there. Doesn't necessarily mean you're going to die too, because that's what they may fear. Um, be age appropriate. So the way you talk to, uh, like you said, a uh, toddler or preschool or elementary kid would be totally different than your teenager. Um, especially with the young kids, like you said, you don't give them too much. Like you don't have to go into graphic detail about how they died and all of this stuff, just that they died. And let's talk about how you feel and you're safe and I'm here for you, you know, all of those things. And, and, and also, I love how you talked about not being confusing in what we say, like she's gone to sleep and then, OK, when she wake it up type of thing, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, those are all very important key elements of talking to children about death. And I really, really appreciate you doing that. It's a little bit of a. A detour, but still very relevant to this conversation on grief. So let's move into what exactly is grief? Because a lot of people just think you're just sad because you, you had this this loss. But it's actually a response, right, to this loss you have and all the process around that. So can you kind of, from a, a technical perspective in your field, what is grief and what is so important for people to understand about it? Yeah, very important that you uh, mentioned that. So grief is a natural process that um, one must must experience um, or go through after lo losing someone or anything significant to them. And um, one must intellectually, meaning understand um, that loss and emotionally um, experience those emotions um, and that can range from um, sadness, anger, irritability. Um, there could be changes in one's sleep or um, their appetite. So that's the response to losing someone. And it's something we should normalize um, 
I think some usually um, go through life, you know, after losing someone and they're so busy and they don't allow that process to happen. And if they don't allow grief to happen, um, grief can become complicated and um, mental health conditions can onset as a result of that, um, such as depression and anxiety. So um, when you lose someone, you're in an acute stage of grief, and that is a process. And that's the early onset of that loss. So that can last um, up to, of course, when you lose that person um, to a up to a year. Um, and during that time, as I mentioned, you will experience those grieving emotions and you have to learn to make sense of um, that loss. So the mourning process will um, happen if you allow yourself to feel through the, the ranges of those um, symptoms that I mentioned. And also, during that time, you'll go through different stages uh, of grief. If you don't mind, I can talk about those stages. Yes, please. Okay, so um, during that time, and you know, you may experience denial. So you're in a state of shock, right? So um, you're questioning, like, you know, how did this happen, or really, why did this happen to me? Um, when you are in shock, you may experience denial, um, and you have to realize, like, you had a routine um, that was associated with the one that has died. So it's important to, you know, allow yourself to, you know, take day, take it one day at a time to embrace the loss or the experience, um, because if you're in denial, it's going to be very difficult to transition through these stages that I'm talking about. So it's very common to be in shock. So then, of course, anger. And again, I mentioned um, you're questioning, you know, why did this happen to me? Um, you may be trying to figure out, you know, what you could have done to, you know, alter what has happened. Um, and you may feel a range of emotions. And then also bargaining. Um, and, you know, you're bargaining, trying to figure out, um, you know, what could you have, again, done, what could you have done to change or alter uh, what has happened? I see this comes up a lot, especially when um, someone has lost a family member um, from an illness like COVID, for example, right? So you're bargaining, figuring out uh, if I would have found, found out, you know, the diagnosis sooner, or if we could have taken my loved one or the loved one to the hospital sooner to be treated, um, would that have altered um, the state or that person's death, if that makes sense, Candace? Yes. So um, bargaining happens. And then depression. So I talked about um, you know, some of those symptoms, um, you know, feeling sad. Um, and with depression, there are, you know, changes in your sleep, there are changes in your appetite. Of course, the irritability shows up. Um, you may feel unmotivated. Um, there's a loss of interest in um, things that you usually enjoy. And usually um, these symptoms will persist for two weeks or more. Um, if you're recognizing that you're kind of stuck in this depressed state, um, it's important um, for you to reach out to a mental health professional, but it's important to reach out to a mental health professional to help you um, understand 
grief or help your kids work through this process of grief and also helping them learn to accept the loss, um, understanding that it's final um, um, and just supporting them in that stage. Now, there's no particular order that one will cycle through these stages or your kids will cycle through these stages, but just be aware that um, these stages exist and um, be present for your kids as they are going through these different stages of grief. Oh, that was a great summary. So it's much more to it than just being sad, right? After a loss. Um, so thank you for going through that. Now, you mentioned all of those. You, you, my next question was about symptoms of grief, and you just gave us pretty much all of those symptoms. But we also have to recognize that symptoms or how it shows up or how a child behaves when they're dealing with grief and loss may be very different um, from one kid to the next and from the child from the adult. Um, and so what can you tell our audience and adults about that difference in children? Very um, great question. So um, younger children may regress. <laughs> so, you know, pay attention to that. Um, and, you know, they may be, you know, crying or need you to be more present. Um, um, you may see some bed wetting. Um, so things of that nature um, may happen. So, you know, that's why it's so important for parents to be attentive to um, their kids' um, behavioral changes. Um, you may see um, changes in um, their uh, grades at school or even their interest in going to school. Um, and also withdrawal. So they may withdraw. Um, they may not seem like they, you know, are as engaged with um, their family or their friends. And just listening for um, your kids speak about fear. Um, fear may come up. Um, so make sure you address that and don't minimize it, um, such as making statements as um, it's going to be okay. Um, no one's there. You're not seeing anyone, you know, so hear them out and um, help them work through that or provide some comfort and the support that they need. And also, um, you know, just allow, like reassure your child. I'm, I'm going to continue to talk about that safety piece because I hear this come up, but just reassure your child that they are safe and that, you know, they may question if something will happen to you, you know, um, and just let them know, just be as honest as possible. You know, I'm doing the best that I can to, you know, keep you safe and be present here for you, you know, but things happen. Um, but be present for your kids and support them in that process. Absolutely. One other thing I think is confusing for people, and I think adults do this too, but that I that I read on this topic is that how kids can kind of be emotionally uh, labile, meaning that something bad has happened and they're sad for a brief period of time and then they're happy. So everybody thinks they're fine. They've gone back to normal. Oh, she's playing, she's doing good. 
And then all of a sudden next week or in, in another moment, they're crying or angry. And so they're rapidly cycling through these emotions. And that can be confusing for everyone. Like, is she okay? Oh, she's good. Oh, no, she's not. And you know, they get really confused and don't see it still connected to that grief and that loss. And so just kind of being patient and knowing that they may not be grieving like you're grieving and their efforts to go play on their games or play with their friends or seem happy in the moment may just be defense mechanisms that they don't even know about themselves that they're trying to cope. Um, so can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, um, that's wonderful. Um, I agree. And that's why I mentioned those uh, stages. I talked about acute grief um, because parents do need to recognize that their kids will be in that acute stage and they may seem normal um, at times. I mean, it's pretty normal for kids to engage in activities that they really enjoy, such as video gaming um, or, you know, playing with their dolls or um, boys playing with their toys, you know, their trucks or um, some of those other um, activities. But yeah, parents should um, um, be cognizant and understand that um, their child may cycle um, through those range of emotions that you mentioned. And if they recognize that their kid is like feeling upbeat, you know, allow them to be present. But also if they are extremely sad, you know, be present and ask, you know, are you okay? You know, um, what are you feeling? Um, and it doesn't mean like grief is over. You know, as I mentioned, they may continue to cycle through those stages of grief, the anger, the bargaining, the depression, um, and there's no particular order with that. And then knowing, like, for example, we are in the holiday season, um, you know, there's the integrated grief. It shows up again um, because there may have been some memories associated with their loved one, um, you know, like Christmas or, for example, Thanksgiving. Um, some of these um, holiday traditions that the family usually um, engaged in together, the child may think about those things and become extremely sad again. So, yes, they may, you know, have these days where there's this high, this euphoria, um, where they're very happy. And then, you know, several weeks later, or maybe a holiday or a birth birthday, um, they may feel sad. So that's pretty common, Candace. Thank you for mentioning that, especially going into the holidays. So what can parents do, right, <laughs> to help their kids? Yes. We're all about positive coping skills, not negative coping skills. How do we give our kids positive coping skills around grief and around the loss they've experienced um, to help them out? Yeah, I, I think um, it would be really great for parents to, you know, take some time. I, I really like art and craft activities. Um, so one of the things I encourage parents to do is, um, you know, maybe create a collage um, of their loved one. Um, we so often take pictures with our cell phone and don't print the pictures. <laughs> so, um, you know, I encourage parents, you know, if you like, you know, allow your child to select some pictures that they really, you know, feel connected to um, with their loved one um, and print those out. You can create a collage of that. Um, also, a really therapeutic activity uh, would be uh, writing a letter 
Um, I think this can help kids process um, their emotions, um, you know, about their loved one. Um, another great, great uh, activity uh, would be um, creating like a bracelet and you can use symbolism like symbols, um, you know, that express like their um connections or, you know, their thoughts um, associated with their loved one. So that would be really, really great. Also a balloon release. So you can have your child write, you know, kind words or, you know, just thoughts they have about their loved one and they can insert it in the balloon and um, release the balloon. I've done that here with my son at home. So that would be a really um, great activity. Um, and of course, it depends on your child's age. Um, if they are of age where they can journal, um, I would encourage the parents have them to do that. Um, that will be wonderful. And there are so many books um, that are available that parents can purchase. I believe in workbooks, you know, because it provides prompts like journaling prompts or um, it kind of explains grief at that child's developmental age. Um, so uh, those are some great um, activities as well or another activity that they uh, could use um, to help their child process their grief. Oh, those were all absolutely wonderful. So parents, if your child has experienced loss, your family has experienced loss, I believe that everybody can can do this as a family activity, but incorporating books, workbooks, art, scrapbooking, balloon releases, all of these things. And I love incorporating the memories of that person because it's so positive that you're honoring them, remembering the best things about them, the things you loved about them. And that's turning something bad into great feelings and memories of that one. So you always remember instead of highlighting the loss, which is there and that's going to hurt. But this helps to frame it in a positive way if you can and help you feel good and, and, and love them through these activities. And so I think that's all wonderful. And it's something you said before and we talked about is that parents also need to do this for themselves so then they can turn around and do it for their kids. And you also have mentioned therapy. So making sure that kids when they lose a primary caregiver, especially that we, ha we don't even think twice about having your, these kids talking with a professional and, and working through this. Yes. And, you know, some parents, like you mentioned earlier, some parents think, oh, the kid is fine. They're, you know, they're normal selves, you know, they're playing again, they're happy, but it's still a great idea um, to, allow your child to connect with a therapist um, just, to, you know, for an assessment um, to identify where they are with their grief. Um, and that therapist can provide you some solutions or, you know, recommendations how to support your child. And um, also, I think it's very important to bring um this bring to incorporate or involve, I think, your, the child's teachers um, to let them know that they've lost someone. So the teacher can be aware of um, how 
um, they can support their child. So, you know, make sure you consider, you know, bringing a therapist in to help support your child. Also engaging a teacher. I think it, it takes a holistic approach, you know, uh, where that kid has a supportive village um, and, you know, managing their emotions and learning healthy ways of dealing with their grief. So, you know, don't keep it don't maintain the secret, you know, that, you know, the child has lost someone, involve others. So I think that can better help um, that child cope with their loss. Oh, you always say the right things. That's why I love you coming to kid around with me for sure. You always say the right things. I think that that was so powerful. Um, And you went right into that next question, the role of schools and teachers um, in dealing with or helping children deal with their grief and loss of loved ones during this pandemic. So any messages or shout outs for our school administrators, principals, counselors, teachers, psychologists, uh, what should they be doing? Yes. Um, I, please, please be present. Um, you know, teachers, administrators, um, you know, be, be present for the child, be supportive. Um, have grace. That is huge. Have grace. If you recognize that child's grace are slipping, that's an opportunity to be supportive and talk to the parent, you know, about some um, recommendations to help their child, you know, um, adapt and, um, you know, just provide that support, you know, don't fail that child, you know, they've already experienced a loss. Um, if the child has to take some days, um, to mourn, you know, or to attend the funeral, be supportive and, um, don't penalize a child for doing that. Um, so I think that is critical. And if you recognize that that child need additional resources at school, you know, allow them that time to go talk to the school counselor. You know, um, I, I think that is encouraging. And if you know of resources for that child, make that recommendation to the parents. Some parents don't understand how to access counseling. And um, I think it's important for the teacher, you know, to talk to the parents or, you know, or suggest, you know, you know, maybe they should talk to someone, especially if you see some behavioral changes presenting or showing up in the classroom um, and engage the school counselor, get them on board. Um, and, you know, maybe that school counselor can make that connection to the parent and get the child involved in therapy because it's about helping the child heal, right? Right. Ultimately. So, you know, it just takes a village uh, when a child is going through um or experiencing the loss um, and being there for that child to make sure that they are um, healthy mentally um, and making sure that, you know, they're confident and making sure that they're not living in fear. Mm, those, those are wonderful tips as well. And like you said, hopefully the parent recognizes, okay, they're not going to just be here in my house dealing with this. They're going to school or wherever to their activities or church or whatever. So I do need to let key people know what's going on with him or her. Hopefully they've made that connection. And so the teacher cares enough to say, okay, I know Johnny has lost his grandma or, or his dad. Let me keep an eye on him. You know, Johnny is 
is affected. He's a little more sad or withdrawn or he's really lashing out. Let me tell mom and let me take him, like you said, this is the practical real life steps. Let me tell the counselor so we can see if he's getting therapy, if he's getting what he needs, if he needs a little more time or get to come out of class, let's put something in place. And so that's how that should go down. And thank you so much for those tips. And just everybody knows people are losing loved ones. So at the school, the educational level, be prepared, like be proactive to be prepared for this. And I think a lot of schools are like our counselors yes. ready to go, our psychologists ready to go. Some kids are going to be, you know, are losing their parents or struggling with mental health. Okay. So let's keep an eye out. What are we looking for? Let's make these, rec you know, so I, I think that's happening, but another level of this grief is something we need to be prepared for. This is so unfortunate that our teachers are having to be mental health experts. You know, they have to be, they're having to be everything right now. Um, but they are on the front line to protecting and, and, um, and, and being there for our kids. And so we have to add that piece in. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to wrap it up. I think we've covered this very well and you have given some wonderful um, information and actionable steps for families. And so um, give us some resources, you know, always in that way. So if people want to go more in depth and learn more, where should they go? Yeah, um, I would recommend, um, you know, we talked about books. Um one of the books that I want to recommend is My Heart Hurts um, by Karen Jaggers. Um, this is a great um, book for young children um, and parents. Like I said, just, you know, take time to read the books with your child. And then you can ask questions um, afterwards, you know, after you're done reading. Um, also, you know, there's some workbooks um, that, you know, parents can explore and identify would be uh, appropriate for their children. Um, Amazon is our best friend for that. Yes. <laughs> so seek that out. Um, also, you know, if you're interested in seeking a therapist for your child, um, you can go to Psychology Today, provide your, you know, you can type in your zip code um, and also look for a uh, grief specialist, a professional that can provide grief counseling to your child um, that specializes in grief counseling. So uh, consider researching that. But um, those are some resources that I can recommend. And also there's a great book that I love and I actually gift um, my family members and friends with this if they lose someone. It's called Good Grief. Um, that's a really great short book and it outlines those stages of grief. I talked about Candace. Mm -hmm. um, I would recommend for um, parents to get that because it's so important, again, to understand those stages so you can recognize those symptoms when they are showing up in your children. You know, so parents have to have awareness so they can support their kids in managing their emotions and successfully grieving their loss. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Crystal, as usual. Wonderful job. Um, thank you guys for listening and we'll talk soon. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please let me know by rating and reviewing the podcast. You can also follow me on social media at Dr. Candice MD. Thanks for listening.